Hello and welcome to Gutshot, home of the hottest takes for Magic the Gathering. I am Will and joining me as always is my boy, Frederick. What is up everybody? It is his boy, Frederick. Welcome to Gutshot, the only modal dual-faced Magic the Gathering podcast. Oh, okay. There, I think there's a lot of the. I, I think there's a lot of um, uh, room to, to to play around in this space. So the the two faces of the card. Am I one, and then you are kind of like a Valky Tybalt situation? Or are we trying to do something else? Uh, we are one, and my professor's pre-recorded lectures that he spends half of complaining about his mother-in-law are the other side. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Oh, I, I remember telling you the story over text, but I had a, a similar situation where one of my professors kept making uh, really uh, off-color jokes about uh, how much he hated his ex-wife, uh, which w- didn't land very well in a room of 18-year-olds who, who have no idea what having an ex-wife is like. <laughs> only we fellas get it. Yeah, it's only only for the fellas. Well, oh, okay. Well, I I call dibs on the good side, or I I call dibs on the side that you can cascade into, even though kind of common sense says you probably shouldn't be able to cast into it, and it warps the format. You can be the um, brain maggot. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I I that's what my ex wife calls me. Oh. Um, oh. So... <laughs> Uh, today, we are going to be talking about how to improve white. Uh, you, you, uh, magic players love to complain. Of course, there's been uh, sort of a cycle of one color being the best. At the beginning of the game, that was blue, but that was a little excusable because, you know, Richard Garfield was inventing the trading card game, and he had no real way of knowing that three cards was not the same thing as gaining three life. Mm-hmm. Um and then as t- things have gone on, people complained about green being uh, not powerful enough. And now I would say green has probably been the most powerful color in standard for a while. But white has lagged behind for quite a bit, both in commander, just because the things it does are not as relevant in, com- in like a multiplayer 40 life format, but also in standard. So we're here to think about other effects that have maybe been used in white but not fleshed out that could help bring the color back to a forefront, give it a decent space in the game. Yeah, lots of people have been complaining about the the power level and the mechanical space of white for a while. And we, uh, on on this podcast, we really want to take a more positive approach on this. So I I at least am not going to harp too much on the mistakes that Wizards of the Coast has made in the past. We want to look forward. We want to be excited about what white could possibly do in the future so uh i I, at least for myself you know i'm going to be very excited about all of these great ideas that we've come up with for white to regain its past glory as a color that has powerful cards and its own unique mechanical space am i and i think uh, i think it'll be really interesting to go over these sort of little designs that we've made and talk about how we think these mechanics should sort of return to to being at the forefront with white um, yes, so with that said, do you want to just jump right into it? Yeah, let, let's go into it. And I think that you're starting us off with a um, something that uh, it feels it feels kind of old, but it doesn't it didn't really actually happen all that uh, all that long ago. Uh, tell us about your first idea, which is investigate. Yeah, so investigate was a mechanic um, in Shadows Over Innistrad, uh, as well as Eldritch Moon, and it came in Bant in that set. Um, those are the colors that could do it, but it was mostly blue. Um, but you might remember this sort of iconic card, Thraben Inspector, um, who is a one-mana one-two that investigated when it came in. And what Investigate does is you create a clue token. Clues are um, uh, artifacts that you can pay two, tap, sacrifice the clue, 
draw card. So it had this sort of investigative flavor. You would get a lead that you would follow toward gaining more knowledge, drawing a card. Um, and I think that this is a great thing to do with white. I think that white needs card draw, and this is a fair way to do it. You're making them sort of wait for it, but you're allowing them to plan for it in advance, which is very white. Um, I think that you just need to remain conscious that you're not just using clues as an efficient source of card draw, because then they will fold into the blue-white uh, control decks that are doing pretty well, and that those don't feel like they give white its own sort of identity. You're just augmenting the decks that already control. So with that in mind, I've got two um, clue cards, two investigate cards that I think are pretty good, That uh, one of which is geared toward constructed and the other one which is geared toward limited. So I'll hit you with my first one first. This is Armed with the Truth. It's a rare one-white enchantment. When Armed with the Truth enters the battlefield, investigate. Clues you control are equipments with equip one and equip creature gets plus one, plus one. Oh, okay. So this is sort of a short sword variant. Um, of course, it's worth noting that it stacks. If you play multiple Armed with the Truth, you're, they have multiple instances of equipped creature gets plus one, plus one. That is intentional. Based. Um, but... <laughs> But I think this uh, this sort of allows the uh, clues to be used in a more aggressive way, especially in limited and maybe also in constructed. But then if all of your creatures are dead, um, these clues can sort of be sacked to draw cards. But also, the more clues you get, the more equipments you have, the more short swords you have to attach to your creatures. Uh, well, how do you feel about this design? Yeah, so clues were really well designed, or uh, really well received when they first came out. I remember people thinking that when these cards were first... Um, uh, spoiled that uh, they would they they looked really clunky, but it turns out that they played very well and and they were well received by the uh, by the player base. Uh, do you remember that as well? That seemed like it. A lot of people liked playing with them, especially in limited. Um, a lot of people were saying they could be evergreen. I think they're a little bit too flavored to specific planes to be evergreen, but I, I, I do remember them being very well received by players, and they have a high chance of coming back, from what I understand. Yeah, Wizards is making all sorts of different uh, tokens like that. Like, you know, we got the treasure token, the gold token. I think there's even another one. Oh, uh, uh, machine cell. There's like one that um, uh, um, Tezzeret oh, makes. Oh, the Tezzeret, yeah. Yeah, like they could easily make another clue that's uh, more generic. Uh, you know, if they feel that the, the t uh, clues are technically not... Um, uh, you know, appropriate for other planes. I I really like this because you know, um, equip one for a, a plus one plus one uh, is like it's it's not nothing, but it is kind of limited power level uh, equipment. You know, it's no Embercleave, right? So I, I think that that's appropriate uh, attaching it to basically what is a. Uh, you know, one mana draw spell um, where you can kind of um, uh, bank that mana on a different turn. Um, so I actually really like this. I think this is a very appropriate power level for standard. Um, so yeah, I, I, I definitely think that this is um, a safe way for magic to experiment with ways to give card draw to white. Yeah, I, and I think, I think clues are the most elegant solution. Uh, and then I got one more clue card that I made. I just called it Thorough Examiner, uh, Human Advisor. Uh, three and double white for a three five. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, investigate twice and it has vigilance. So this is supposed to be just one of the best white uncommons in a limited format. Uh, you know, you're going to investigate twice, so maybe next turn you can draw a couple cards, and it's a three five vigilance for five, which is not an excellent body, but you're getting that card draw. Yeah, the three five for five is a uh, body that white gets, and it's usually pretty low tier on the um, cards that you want to draw. 
right? Or, or cards that you want to pick out of out of the pack, right? Um, they usually have um, some sort of um, uh, uh, ability attached to it. Like I'm I'm thinking of the mutt from um, oh, what's that reason set? The one oh, uh, I believe it's from. Um, El Drain, where it comes in, destroys an artifact or enchantment. Do you know what card I'm talking about? Oh, that was the that was the core set, but yeah. Oh, okay, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of that card where it's like, you know, this this is a body that White gets at five mana, but is like clear clearly doesn't get there. Um, but hey, if you put draw two cards on it, you know, in a way that you know kind of banks them for uh, a future turn, yeah, that takes a, a, this from a. Um, uh, from a lower pick to yeah probably a pretty high pick so I, I think this is a great way to experiment with that type of card in limited yeah okay and that's what i was kind of going for i think i think clues would be or should like shards that we saw on um nico um would be a very good way for white to go in terms of uh, a card draw so hopefully they're planning something like that mark rosewater has said he's trying to fix white but he's been saying that for years and okay. we got Mankara the diplomat so um, so we're going to move into, you have strong opinions about white with scry. Tell me about those. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 So, uh, first off, I want to, uh, acknowledge that I lifted this idea from Reddit. So, you know, uh, all, all um, credit to anyone before today that was talking about white being primary and scry on Reddit, but Wizards has said over and over again, and it's apparent in their design, that they don't think that white should have pure card draw for, for whatever reason, however you feel about that. That's currently how Wizards feels about it. Um, and and I, I can agree. Um, you know, and, and let's let's keep in mind that a lot uh, there a lot of the conversation about whether you know the power level of white is appropriate or not comes from commander where there is an expectation that every color has your access to the two pillars of that format like uh, insane card draw and ability to ramp their mana in broken ways uh, mm -hmm. I I actually kind of uh, I I could be swayed, but right now I'm kind of on the same uh, idea of Wizards of the Coast that um, it's it's slightly uh, if they want the color pie to be you know as um, strong as possible, that makes sense that white would get its uh, card advantage from other places other than just pure card draw. So I would like to see Wizards um, explore. Uh, ways to give them more virtual card advantage. And I think that white being primary and scry would be a great way to explore that. I think I agree. Um, will you walk us through this uh, this first card you've designed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I do real quick. Um, scry right now is primary and blue. And that makes sense. Like, a lot, of, a lot of things are in blue because it makes sense or it's like thematic to the flavor. Um, I, I think in the same way that you could argue that white shouldn't get pure card draw, you can also argue that blue shouldn't also be the best at scrying in addition to drawing. You know, that, 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 that yeah. it being, all of that being in blue, plus everything else that blue gets is a little uh, inappropriate. So, uh, you know, putting scry in white will give them uh, potent manipulation without drawing. And I think that I've come up with two cards here that, you know, just... Could, could exemplify what white could do with uh, with scry. So for this first card, uh, as I've uh, called scrying beats, uh, this is a, another like your card uh, variation on a, a limited type. It's a two mana three one uh, that white often gets in its sets. Um, you know, uh, and then when it enters the battlefield, scry two. 
So it's a it's an appropriate white creature that also gives you that um, you know almost virtual card advantage when it comes into play. Uh, and I've called it scrying beats. I think this is very strong. Probably one of the would be one of the best uncommons in most limited formats. Like the Oracle, but you get to trade it with something bigger. I thought it was broken, but then I remembered uh, the thing that Cruise Vehicles that Scryzone comes in in red, white, and that Kaladesh set. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, this is probably fine. Um, that card was uncommon. Uh, I like this a lot. I would love to play with as many copies of these as I can in any white limited deck, just scrying two and then trading this with something seems great. Uh, and I think is a very appropriate way to allow white some virtual card advantage in formats like limited. There are a lot of ways. Scry is very versatile, and we've seen that ever since it came out in Fifth Dawn. There's so many ways that you can tweak, like so many knobs that you can tweak, uh, because you can, it like we we already think a scry is something you just tack on to to kind of make up that uh, extra uh, mana cost, you know, kind of like when you're trading and you have to throw in a couple of like a uh, uh, dollar rare or um, a couple of like uh, bulk rares to like, you know, bulk up the price a little bit. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, you, there's a lot of room uh, for design tweaks to scry. Um, and then with my second card here, this is kind of, uh, I was thinking, you know, if white could just get a pure scry effect. And I think that this is appropriate uh coding oracles is white i'm thinking of omen speaker here uh you know uh like i i i understand why oracles would be you know flavored as blue like it kind of makes sense but we could also just say that they're white and like that also makes sense so uh coding oracles is white instant for uh two mana just scry four uh, uh do you uh, okay I, I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm a good card designer, but uh, Frederick, let me know. Did I just break a format here? I don't know if this would be good, and I th- but I think it's interesting in that way. Mm-hmm. Like, if this doesn't replace itself. I would liken this to Faithless Looting. Like, you're, you're getting some card advantage, but you're, not, you're, you're going down one card. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, I think it could be good. I, don't, I, I can't think of any formats you'd break with this. I, I might see play in some really grindy control decks, um, but I mean they print plenty of cards that are obviously good in really grindy control decks. I think it's an interesting card. We've never gotten a card that just scries, mm-hmm. so I'm curious how strong a card that just scries would have to be in order to see play. Yeah, that's true. That's something uh, we would really need to see beforehand before uh, you know, uh, knowing like what the true power level of this card is. But uh, this is where I would want to start for um, you know putting white uh putting scry into white i think that this is an appropriate power level um you know uh to 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 test those waters so uh i I think this is an interesting idea yeah i think maybe either like making it scry five or bumping it down to one man is probably too strong make it make him gain two life that's a white thing (laughs) you white players like that right uh, yeah, that that's true. We have to keep in mind that all of this could have life gain attached to it and make it very um, potent. Um, but before we move on to your next point, I just want to make a quick sub point, and I hope that this doesn't turn into like a huge a huge thing. But like I mentioned, lots of people want uh, want white to have card draw specifically for the commander format. I am actually a hundred percent for that, um, as long as that card draw is specifically tied to the format through your commander through the the command zone like if with my design here uh, if like if, if this card 
if this card just said, just draw three cards, I would, you know, totally be into it. So I, I have designed, leading from the front, uh, four mana sorcery. It's harmonized. It's harmonized yeah. for white. You may only cast leading from the front if your commander's in play and draw three cards. So it's harmonized. Gain two life. Uh, in, yes, and gain two life, of course. Um, I'm totally fine with this. And I don't think that this breaks the, like wizard's idea that like uh, white should not have pure card draw in their normal formats. Um, I, I don't think that this card is actually very good, but um, uh, would you want to see a card like this specifically for commander? I think it would be nice to satiate casual commander players. Like obviously this is not going to be good enough to see play in CEDH, uh, which is what I would want to avoid making something good enough to see play in CEDH. Because um, the color pie still kind of matters in that format, but in Commander, like, not everyone who plays Commander is obligated to be a game designer, and so I think it's totally fine for this to exist, uh, or something like draw a card for each opponent you have. Oh, um, yeah. just something, yeah, something Commander matters. I think those are kind of the two obvious directions you can take it in. Is like if your Commander's in play, or like Commander, uh, like opponents matter. Um, but yeah, I think this is totally something that's fine to print. It would make all of the Reddit dudes really angry. Um, all of the color pie warriors, mm-hmm. um, and that's a plus. Uh, makes me happy. Um, so yeah, I think this is this is a fine design. You just slip these in a commander deck. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I actually really like your idea. I haven't thought of this of you know draw cards equal to the number of your opponents, uh, which which in a normal game of commander would still just be this card. Uh, see, this the, you're you're much better at this than me. But uh, I just wanted to make this uh, point real quick, and uh, I'm ready to move on to your next idea, which I think a lot of people are kind of also harping on. Yeah, I am not unique in this, but um, white used to get a lot of tax counter spells. Think like mana tithe. Um, something like Mana Leak might have been printed in white if they had kept with that. Um, so I've got <clears throat> a couple of taxing counter spells. Counter spells that counter spell unless its controller pays a certain amount of mana. So this first one is Disorient. It's uh, one and a white for an instant. Counter target spell unless its controller pays X, where X is the number of tapped non-basic lands they control. Um, so this is sort of a non-basic land punisher, like uh, Price of Poggers, mm-hmm. um, yeah. one of the cards we talked about last week. Um, I like those. I think that they sh- they can print more powerful non-basic lands if more powerful non-basic land counters are casually in, 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 uh, included. I like the way that Pokemon does balances that around their special energy, uh, where special energy are super easy to remove. There are cards that are modal that are played anyway that remove them, um, but like they're they're a lot more powerful than like non-basic lands in Magic are, and I like that design. But um, yeah, like it's a non-basic land Punisher. And I think I think white having taxing counter spells and blue having more hard counter spells is a really appropriate place for those colors to be. What do you think about that? Oh yeah, yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, we know that one of the things that white is supposed to be able to do, like their bread and butter. Uh, uh, mechanic is like you know enforcing rules uh taxing uh you know uh, making your opponent do, you know pay extra mana when they try to do stuff that's you know the white uh, death and taxes that's their whole thing um yeah i think this is a great idea uh white is uh, uh marked as being what they say uh tet- tetriary i think that's how you say that in tertiary ter- yeah tertiary thank you uh, white is, or I'm sorry, blue is obviously primary in counterspells, and white is uh, tertiary. So that means that they can get counterspells, but they do not, like, at all. I mean, they're, yeah. like, the, the last one I think was just Mana Tithe, unless there's, like, a really weird one um, that, that I'm not thinking yeah. of. Um, it was, it wasn't. 
In terms of mono white counter spells, obviously we get like Dovin's Veto and stuff. But. Uh, yeah, the, I I don't think the, I know what you mean. Right. Um, yeah, <laughs> yes, this this makes so much sense. Um, there's not a real good reason that counter spell or counters should only exist in one specific color. Um, and, you know, they they should they, they should move on, and we we already know of a perfect way for that type of card to be thematic in this color. Yeah, so I just think it's a no-brainer. I think it's a, a matter of uh, when, not if, because the the uh, community is so you know, harping on this so much that I do think it is something we're going to see a bit more of. Now, to your design specifically, I think this is really smart. A uh, number of tap non-basic lands. Um, I think that's a really smart way uh, to do it, uh, and uh, it's... it's um, it, it it plays around in a space that I think uh, you know could could use a little bit more something that uh, you know uh, stronger against uh, you know all these um, you know non non basic lands that we're getting. So I think this is a great design. I really like where your head is with this. Okay, I've uh, I have made one more tax counter spell that feels white as an example. So this is regrouped rebuff X and double white for an instant with convoke counter target spell unless its controller pays X. So this is uh, just a nice little way to protect your creatures from a board wipe, maybe, or just like, you know, not attack with your creatures so you can counter whatever big spell they're going to play on their turn uh, while still getting to play creatures on your turn, which is something white very much wants to do. Oh, yeah. Convoke is a, a great idea with this. Yeah, this this is a great uh, design here. And, uh, you know, if, if white gets these types of abilities, uh, you know, like... Uh, using white's other advantages to it uh like convoke that this is this is great i actually would expect to just see this card at some point um so yeah i think you hit the nail on the head to hear um you know we could also see other things where it's like unless they pay x where x is the amount of life you gain this turn uh we might see something like that but yeah we could theme these to white uh you know in in, in various ways and it doesn't just have to be quench or uh, mana leak. Although I think quench in white would would be appropriate. Uh, which one is quench again? Uh, quench is it's a mana leak, except they have to pay two instead of three. Oh yeah, yeah, slurp. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The satisfying. I think I think that might be. Yeah, I would want to lean away from cards that would just slot into blue white control decks, but I think they probably will eventually do that. Yeah it's it's smart you're right it's smart to ease into this and uh, do more um interesting designs like this one before just doing the mana leak reprint uh you know to kind of see where this stuff can kind of settle in and how it plays once players get these cards into your hand so yeah you're you're, you're probably right there i would want to see this card um your convoke counterspell before white quench yeah. Do you think we might get White Quench in that um, Time Spiral uh, spiritual successor set we're supposedly getting later? Um, I don't know. Um, I haven't been following that close enough to say. Um, I'll, I'll, I mean, it would be a big deal, and everyone would be really happy if that happened. But uh, who knows? Wizards not. Wizards uh, will most likely not give people what they want. True. Um, so speaking of giving people what they want. Balance is a classic card, and you have some updated takes on that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. So just so we're clear, balance is too good. We cannot have balance in, in, in normal modern uh, modern design magic. Um, but balance is a, is a cool thing. It's a unique effect 
that is solely in white. You know, it's one of those things we we know this is a white card and it does not make sense anywhere else. I Wizards has shied away from wanting balance to be a part of their game other than the OG balance in old formats. It has proven itself to be very good. However, um, oh, and, and I think another reason why they kind of shied away from balance is that uh, in their market research, they've probably found out that newer players, um, you know, people who aren't entrenched uh, magic players like uh, Fred and I are, um, do find balance effects to be very unfun. Um, you know, it's it's the same as having your you know huge spell uh, just counterspelled for two mana, and then you know you're you're dead. You don't get to do anything. Bal- I, I wouldn't be surprised if they found out the balance effects are not actually that fun for new players. Yeah. However, I think <laughs> I think that balance effects can be narrowed and or tweaked both can be narrowed and tweaked to the point where they can be at a power a standard power level uh that is appropriate with what they're printing these days um so so i am keeping in mind that there has been power creep recently um you know we live in the world of uro uh we literally just got a three mana wrath uh you know like so this this is going to exist in that world um, so I've created what I think would be the new balance, and, and this might be too good, but um, this is the Great Equalizer, is a four mana sorcery, so again, balance is two mana, that's part of why it's such a bonkers card. So let's up this to four mana. Four mana sorcery. Sure. Choose a permanent type, so it's not going to be it's not gonna be your hands, land, and creatures, you're choosing a permanent type. Each opponent chooses a number of that permanent type they control equal to the number controlled by you, then sacrifices the rest. So this card, again, is only going to do something if um, you know your opponents are ahead of you on something. If it's if you're playing a low creature deck and your opponent is loading up on creatures, this is just a four mana wrath. Um, you know, if your opponent, yeah, yeah if your opponent is. Um, uh, you know, ramping up. This is going to destroy some lands, but you know you have to get up to four. You know they can't get they can't go below four lands. I feel I feel like that's the point where they can continue to play the game. It doesn't shut them out of the game if they have to go all the way down to um, the requisite four mana for you to to, to cast this. Um, and then yeah. it also and then it also hits. Oh, sorry, and then sorry. also and then it also hits like planeswalkers if you need it to, but only one of those at a time. It's possible that this breaks a format, but how do you feel about this card? Oh, I love this. I think there's a lot of really neat corner cases with this card, and I love cards with neat corner cases. You know, if you're playing against Affinity and you're not playing any artifacts, this just wipes all their artifacts. That's pretty yeah. sweet. When they finally release Kifkin Spirit Guide, um, you can cast this without any lands. Um, I, I I think this is a really really neat card. Uh, I don't think it's too broken. I think they've been edging closer to um, decent balance type effects, like we got Gideon's Oopsie Whoopsie or whatever in yeah. Origins. Um, I don't remember what the card was called, but it was kind of a balance. We got uh, Calamitous Gear Hulk mm-hmm. uh, in we just keep, keep, We keep getting effects like that. But um, 
I think this pushes it into playability without making it broken. I think this is a really nice design. Yeah, I, I actually am really in love with the four mana, uh, the uh, the four CMC here. Um, like you said, if your opponent's playing an affinity deck and you're not playing any artifacts, uh, you know this comes down, wipes their board. It's Shatterstorm, and that's a perfectly existing card and one that uh, you know is uh, appropriately costed for four mana. So um, yeah, I, I, I again, I think this proves that like balance effects can be tweaked uh, in a way way to where they can they can exist that shatterstorm like with other modes is really really powerful sometimes you just want to break stuff <laughs> hope you know i'm like a i'm like a shatterstorm what yeah. okay <laughs> I, well i have another one i feel i this one the wording on this card is not right just so everyone knows you would have to word this in a different way but um the idea is there i think everybody can understand what this is trying to do but um, I have another type of balance effect. And I, this, I was inspired, uh, with this one, I was inspired by Narset, Parter of Veils, which is another card that, yeah, it's it's good and I can see why it's blue. But I think that should, I, I think that that effect should be white. And I think that would make sense to be another way that uh, Magic could reprint a balance effect. So this is Hall Monitoring, another, uh, this is a four mana enchantment. Uh, when it, uh, when Hall Monitoring enters the battlefield, choose an opponent. If they have more cards in hand than you, draw cards equal to the difference. So, you know, if if, that, if Wizards wanted White to draw cards, this could be a way they do that. I do think this would be a mythic. This this would be like a you know a, um, a, a rare card. Uh, so you'll draw cards equal to the difference, and then once it's in play, uh, players cannot draw more than one card per turn. So. Yeah, so it uh, this this is a, a a take on the balance effect. Um, it's a way to kind of put Narset into white, which I think is appropriate, uh, yeah. and and it also ties into the rule setting that uh, that white does because at the end of the day, this is just evening out the game. Um, and mm -hmm. there are ways to break, and I think that that's appropriate. But um, you know, I, I I think that I think this is an interesting design that kind of plays in a space that white should have. I completely agree. I think this is a really awesome design. I think it's very um, commander fun too. Um, I think a lot of people are going to want to. You, you know, you're you're more likely to have an opponent with a lot of cards in hand in commander because you have three opponents. So you know, this plays really well there. Um, I like the. I do like the rule setting. I think this feels very white. Um, it's sort of equalizing things and then setting a rule. Uh, I think this is a balanced card. It's probably not going to be like too busted. Um, and you know, you could top end your sort of low to the ground, more low to the ground mid range deck with this. Um, yeah, I like this card a lot. I think it's really neat. Yeah. Yeah. I actually am really proud of my two balance cards. Um, I, and I, I think I, I don't have a lot of hope that wizards would explore this space, but if they wanted to, I think there's a lot there. Yeah. I don't think this card is feels bad in the way that like balance was though. I think this is just kind of like, you know, I'm losing in a way that's pretty concrete that like new players are pretty easy to it's pretty easy to tell when you're a new player that having more cards in your hand is good um mm -hmm. so like i'm losing in a concrete way and i'm coming back from that so it's gonna be less of a feels bad card than uh, like a ballot might be yeah for sure like this this it just draws you a card it just draws you cards this doesn't like th this does not end the game it's not a ugin or something like that but um right uh, yeah okay so uh, i think that you wanted to talk about possibilities for good planeswalkers in white so uh, what, what are you thinking of yeah so blue has jace the mind sculptor and a couple others uh black has several good lilianas red has you know um chandra torch of defiance as well as um six mana chandra uh and then 
Green has a, a couple good Garooks and several good Nissas. The closest White has come to having like a really good Planeswalker would be Gideon Ally of Zendikar, which, don't get me wrong, it's a great card, but it's no Jace the Mind Sculptor. Um, so Cardsmith would only let me put three abilities on a Planeswalker, but just assume this also has an ultimate. Okay. Um, Teo Verada, you know, that's the, the dude who was in War of the Spark. Um, two and double White for a legendary Planeswalker, Teo. Five starting loyalty. Plus one, investigate. For those who don't remember, let's make a clue. Uh, zero, create a O2 white wall creature token. You gain two life. And for minus two, put a lifelink counter, a vigilance counter, a first strike counter, and a plus one, plus one counter on target creature. Oh, okay. Um, so this is supposed to be a little bit pushed uh, in the vein of like a Jace the Mind Sculptor or something. Uh, it can kind of protect itself with the walls. It can generate a little card advantage with Investigate. And then that minus two is just for if you if your opponent's tapped out, you don't think they have a lot of removal, you can just kind of permanently augment one of your creatures, which is something I think White should also be good at. How do you feel about this? Do you want it to be, because um, it doesn't say this on here, but I would assume that the White Wall creature tokens would have Defender. Do you want No. Okay. I removed that. The ones from War of the Spark, from the War of the Spark Teo don't either, and the purpose is so you can give them plus one, plus one counters and swing with them. Oh, okay. I figure that's what you were trying to do. I'd probably, this is way too nitpicky. I'm sorry, man. Um, you might want to call them something other than walls, uh, you know, to kind of uh, get that idea over. Maybe you could do like a, a zero two white illusion token or something like that. Okay. J just as a, yeah, a thematic. It is not appropriate for me to be criticizing that. I'm sorry. No, no, it is. I just formatted it the way that they formatted the Teo in War of the Spark. Yeah, j just so we're clear, my hall monitoring card literally does not work. <laughs> because you, <laughs> once it comes into play, you can't draw. So uh, anyway, um, I, yeah. I, so powerful. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I actually really like this. I think a plus one investigate uh, is a really great way to... Um, to uh, to explore your idea of adding more investigate if it's on a plus one you know that you're, you're banking those yeah that that really does a lot to um uh help help white with its card draw and then yeah uh, being able to defend itself with the um zero with the walls uh and then uh you know you're probably going to be playing other creatures so the minus two uh you know uh, makes a lot of sense on uh, putting it on your other creatures. And now that we have the ability counters, yeah, that really does push this up to another level. I, I, the card that I'm trying to compare this to is um, uh, Four Mana Gideon, uh, Ally of Zendikar from Battle yeah. for Zendikar block, which I think we all know is a, is a great card. Um, I'm, I'm wondering if this would be on the same power level as that. Um, and I think it would, just from first glance, it seems like it would be a little a little weaker than that but this would definitely be a role player in the standard much more than the current elspeth i'd have to say yeah that's what i'm hoping for uh white planeswalkers have been a disappointment for quite a while pretty much since getting out of zendikar mm. um so i want to kind of correct that especially when other colors get such good ones and white is supposed to be the color of planeswalkers they can search for them there's that shitty planeswalker coco mm -hmm. um like that kind of stuff yeah they can bring them back from the graveyard that's true they can do that too yeah, I, th I think this is a great card. Uh, yeah, I um, there are definitely ways that White could push its Planeswalkers. Like Elspeth was, unfortunately, it was it was cool and thematic, but ultimately a miss because you know it just it just wasn't powerful enough. It, it, and we know what like a powerful White uh, Planeswalker looks like. We have you know Gideon. We have we have um, other ones that we could look at. Uh, original Elspeth, you know the four mana one. 
there's yeah. um, there, there's a there's a good blueprint for what white planeswalkers need, and it's been a long time. I mean, Battle for Zendikar was like what 2015. Uh, you know, we have we we have room to uh, to to come up with something like this. So I think this is yeah. a, I think this is a good design in that vein. Yeah, every other color has gotten a good planeswalker since I was in high school. White has not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, for sure. yeah. So um, you've got a cool color shift for us here, and it's to lead us into a discussion about white and indestructible. Tell us about team building exercise. Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, Wizards has already started moving in this direction. So um, this is not something that they have like not even talked about. Like We've seen good cards that um, you know, use uh, Indestructible recently, uh, and those cards usually do end up being pretty good. Uh, Adano Vanguard um, from Ixalan, where you can pay four life to... Um, uh, uh, to uh, give it indestructible over and over again. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of the more recent card who I am really kicking myself I didn't write down the name of, uh, but it's the one from M21 where you discard a card and then uh, it gets uh, indestructible. It's like a seasoned uh, seasoned hollow blade. Yeah, yeah like seasoned hollow blade. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and those have proven to be very good cards. Um, if we're trying to think of ways to... Um, uh, if we're trying to think of ways to uh, uh, differentiate white's creatures from green, I think we can all agree that it's appropriate that green creatures are you know, the biggest, the most efficient on raw power and toughness. And the idea is that white is supposed to be, you know, they also have, you know, they're also creature based, but their creatures are just more sturdy. They, um, they get more abilities, you know, they, um, you know, first strike, they, they get, um, uh, vigilance, uh, more, life-link. yeah, li- lifelink protection. Um, I think that's appropriate to, uh, to explore more ways to use indestructible on white creatures to give them mm-hmm. more of a thematic um, uh, uh, thread that also differentiates them uh, from the bulk of green creatures. So um, the first one actually isn't a creature. It's a card that uh, I think probably should have been in white the entire time. But this is team building exercise. It's a two mana instant. Uh, creatures you control gain hexproof and indestructible until end of turn. This is this is just heroic intervention, uh, but you know tweaked in a little bit that makes a, a bit more sense for white. This ability already exists in white, so this is not. A, we know this isn't a color pride break, but. We need a card like this at a pushed cost to, um, you know, to kind of solidify that this effect uh, is both white and deserves uh, to be white. And I think that this is a very good card. Uh, Yeah, I think I agree. I I would like to see this in, um, I don't know, I always felt like that spell could be uh, uncommon for limited purposes. Yeah. Um, but maybe that's just me. Uh, I like this. I think it, it eventually needs to happen. I don't know. I know Hexproof is, like, awkward in white. So, like, Indestructible and Protection from any color, maybe. But I guess that would make your creatures unblockable. So, never mind. Yeah, I, I think Hexproof and Indestructible is the only sensible way to, to print this. But, yeah, I like it. I think it makes sense. Yeah, this. I think this ought to just be in white. Um, you know, like uh, make make it clear the heroic intervention. Like it's fine that green gets it, but you know, like this is a white card. Uh, Wizards can do some work to um, to solidify yeah. that. But I actually have some some actual creatures um, that I think uh, you know could be um, variations on the um, giving themselves indestructible theme that could uh, differentiate them from uh, 
uh, from green. And I've got Capped Battler here, uh, two mana, double white. Uh, it, it, it's a zero zero, but it's one of those creatures that comes enters the battlefield with three plus one plus one counters on it. So it's it's a bit of a watch wolf, uh, but uh, in at any time, you can remove a plus one plus one counter from Cat Battler to give it indestructible and, until end of turn. So it's not, it's not um, over and over again like a Dono Vanguard uh, would be. You know, the, it's very diminishing returns here. But I think that that's appropriate for a um, for a limited power level. Uh, you know, you you know, it, it's 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 above rate until you use it. Once the the first time you use it, it just becomes normal rate, and then you know it just goes down from there. What do you think of this idea? Like, it, I think on most modern cards, they're saying it gains indestructible to undetermined and tap it. Uh, yeah, uh, I, thought, I thought about that. Yeah, well, I think it's so if they bolt it before your combat, you can't attack with it. Um, but yeah, I I like this design. I think it's pretty elegant. It'd probably be a really good uncommon. Um, we saw a green version of this that just come. It's a two-two that just comes in with one counter, and you can remove the counter to give it hexproof. And that did not see standard play like I thought it would. So I think this is definitely like a little stronger than that. Maybe it'll push it into standard play, and I think that'd be cool. So I like this a lot. Again, there's different ways that they could do this, and this is just one idea. Um, uh, you know, I, I do agree that they would want to be very careful about just static indestructible. Um, but um, there are lots of different ways thematically that white can um, activate an uh, indestructible ability. And we've already saw that discard a card is not that bad a uh, uh, cost uh, to pay to give a creature uh, indestructible or for life, you know, over and over again. That's that's quite Yeah, I would cost. certainly rather pay for life, but either way. For sure, for sure. But there's lots of ways that, that we could do this. Um, but for my, my next card, and I think this is my last one, um, we we would I do think we'd want to be careful with putting indestructible just like straight indestructible on creatures, but I think it can be done, and I don't think it would really break any formats or limited formats. If uh, you know, probably uncommon, I think. But why don't we have an indestructible squire? Just. Yo, know, uh, well, it, it's not really, it's not really a squire. It's a one-one. But yeah, so two mana creature, one-one, indestructible. Do you think that this is too good? Um, okay, so in my time of playing, we have gotten one uncommon indestructible creature, uh, and it was a seven mana four-four flyer. So not really comparable to this. It was an angel. I honestly feel like this just mostly depends on how good the like transformation and exile removal is in a limited format we've seen black be able to exile recently yeah. uh in, in pretty much every recent limited format forced to sacrifice blue can transform something in pretty much every limited format so like at the worst like you're you're a white player forcing your opponent to like use two removal spells on this thing which you know card advantage is something hard to come by in white so i think it, it i think it's designed pretty elegantly i think uh wizards of the coast would probably go ahead and make this a rare <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. too scared of it um but i think this could be especially in like a maybe a modern horizons limited format um this could be this could definitely be printed uh just a two mana one one indestructible it, you know looking at this card got me thinking like how much would they make us pay mana wise for just a sorcery that puts an indestructible counter on a creature um and like i i, I like the studious squire a lot i i don't know if i would go ahead and put it at uncommon in most limited formats, not because I don't fit, not because I think it's unfair, but because what new players feel like is unfair is often more important than what actually is unfair. And I can picture some newer person like being in like a Magic Arena Facebook group getting really mad at this card. 
Yeah, that that makes that makes sense. I could see that too, and that that's where my um, hesitation would come from. But I think that there's room for this. This could be tweaked, uh, you know, uh, a number of different ways. It would really depend on the format that it's in. But I think there's room for this, and I I would be excited to see a, a limited format that has this as a part of it. Oh yeah, I think so too. Well, I think that's going to wrap up our uh, discussion on white. Uh, I think that we all have some really great ideas. Um, and you, if, you, if you're not happy with our ideas, just go on Reddit and look at it. Just search the word white, and you'll come up with uh, tons of different uh, threads of people just talking about different ways that white could be improved. So like we said. Be clear, go on the Magic the Gathering subreddit and search up the word white. Do not search up the word white on just Reddit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a great point. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely don't do that. Uh, but uh, yeah, so lots of people are talking about this. There's lots of ideas out there, and I'd say a lot of good ideas. But these are just our favorites, and you know, we wanted to give some um, uh, card designs uh, as as we do to to illustrate them. But I think this is a great discussion. Um, I almost. Um, like all of these, I think would be great ways um, to go with uh, to go forward with white. So yeah, th- uh, you know, thank you for uh, bringing um, these great ideas to the forefront on 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 the podcast. Yeah, thank you. I think this has been uh, this has been pretty cool. We've we've been able to share these, but uh, we have a special segment for you at the end of this episode. We've never done this before, but we want to add a little a little pizzazz to the cast. A little, um, a little I've... sprinkle a little Parmesan cheese on top. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Except from the side that's just like a big hole where it all falls out. That's how I do my parm. So, yeah, I've taken six random cards from Scryfall, tried not to read them beforehand. uh, And we are just going to review them, just give our thoughts on these six cards, our hot takes, since we are gut shot. So, um, do you want to take turns reading them? Oh, yeah, yeah, let's do that. And I'll start off with the first one. Okay, we've got... First card, Throne of McKindy. This is a rare from Balfour Zendikar. Um, you might remember this one. It's a very recent card. Uh, non-basic land, uh, taps to add colorless. Uh, one in tap, put a charge counter on Throne of McKindy, and tap, remove a charge counter from Throne of McKindy. So it's just removing one counter. Add two mana of any one color. Spend this mana only to cast kicked spells. Now, this is a rare card, and there's not really a kicker deck in standard, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. This card kind of fucking sucks. Uh, Scryfall, when I clicked random, gave me the version with the F and M promo stamp on it. So I'm going to complain about those instead. Right. Uh, when I'm searching a card on TCG Player, those stupid promo stamps make it so there's like ten different versions of every rare, and I have to find exactly the one I like. But yeah, Throne of McKenzie is um, not worth paying the mana to put a charge counter on. Don't play it. Yeah, oh. that makes it really tough. Like, I can I can see where you're doubling your mana, but it's just too much work for a deck that doesn't even exist. You know, yeah. like you wouldn't even you, you would only play this in a deck that is like just low to the gills with uh, kicker spells. And that's not how you want to approach it. You just want to play the good kicker spells. You don't want to play the bad ones. Yeah. Um, on to the next card. I was surprised with how many of these cards I knew. And I certainly know this one. Thalia Guardian of Thraven, uh, one in a white for a two legendary human soldier with first strike and non-creature spells cost one more to cast. Speaking of white cards that tax, 
You know it. You love it from modern. There's not much else to say about it. Very strong hate bears card. I love this card. Yeah, this card is great. And I think it's a great example of how legendary can still matter in the actual like normal four uh four uh, uh four of a card type format like you know you actually have to think about whether you want to play the full four thalia in your deck you you cannot have two of these out on the uh out at the same uh yeah this is just a great card instant classic it's always been good since the day it was printed uh classic character lots of people uh you know like thalia just from okay. a, a flavor standpoint and uh yeah just we need we need more cards like this Absolutely, yeah. Cool card. We love this one. Uh, so you got the next one. I actually haven't heard of this one. <laughs> you got Mountain? Yeah, there's one of the six random cards. I'm not going to curate these. The only basically that has uh, unequivocally been printed more times than all the others. Uh, you know, every, everyone knows the Arabian Night story. Um, red is, I, I think, my favorite color. So, uh, yeah, uh, Mountain, I'm a big fan. Um, this is actually one of the uh, Battle for Zendikar non-full art mountains that I feel oh. shouldn't be. Oh, um, okay. But... Yeah. I just I just noticed that. Okay, so I actually have a story. For a while, I was a super hipster about my lands, and I specifically went out and bought the original uh, Zendikar uh, intro decks specifically for the Zendikar lands that were not full art so I could play them just so I could be a little snobby towards the people I was playing against. Uh, that gets my official seal of based. Um, next, we've got uh, Hidden Stag. I hadn't heard of this one. One and a green for an enchantment from uh, Urza's Whirly Wheelies. Um, whenever one of your opponent plays a land, hidden, if Hidden Stag is an enchantment, Hidden Stag becomes a 3-2 creature that counts as a beast. Whenever you play a land, if Hidden Stag is a creature, Hidden Stag becomes an enchantment. So it's no longer... A creature. This this wording wouldn't fly in modern magic. But basically, when your opponent plays a land, this turns into a three-two. When you play a land, it stops being a three-two and just goes back to being an enchantment. I don't understand this. I guess like you're supposed to play lands to protect it from removal. But if they have instant speed removal, they're just going to kill it anyway. And then they're going to like play a land and make it a creature again so they can kill it. Like I, this just seems like a a, a weird. Uh, the long road to a two mana three two. It it um it's cool that they play around with the design space, but you never want to be in a position where you have to choose: Do I want to continue having a creature on the field, or do I want to play a land? Like that is not a decision I ever want to have to make. <laughs> this is. Did you know about this card before? No, I've never seen this before. Okay, this one's weird. I don't like it. Yeah, um, I also it's also super weird, and you can tell they don't do this much anymore. But like that, it, it's an enchantment that permanently becomes a creature uh, up until a certain point, and it's not until end of turn or anything like that. That's super weird, and uh, I'm sure leads. I'm sure someone has had a bad time playing against this card because it's a, a persistent effect that's easy to forget about. Um, so you've got the next one. Oh, could you could you imagine playing a game and like both you and your opponent have missed the multiple triggers of this and you don't know whether it's supposed to be a creature or a land because you know it's been multiple turns? Well, I think you can um no, you don't get to choose. Yeah, that sounds hellish. Oh yeah, no, 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 thank you. Alright, let's let's move on. Uh Homeward Path. Okay, so this is a I believe a um commander specific card. Um you know, so yeah. it's is printed in one of those um 
uh, precon decks. Homeward Path, uh, non-basic land, tap to add colorless, and tap each player gains control of all creatures he or she owns. Uh, I, I don't play enough Commander to feel like I can really comment on this, but I know that people play decks where they specifically, the whole point is to like change ownership of cards. They like give bad cards to your opponent or take your, your you know, their best stuff. Um, so, I, you know, for this just tap, seems like a good uh, 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 safety valve for that kind of stuff. There's one of those Commander played walkers, Aminatu, who has everybody just pass all their non-land permanents to the player to the left of them. Uh, and then you just tap Homeward Path, and you get yours back. Okay. This uh, well, I, never mind. I guess it just gives everything back to everyone. Yeah, I, I, I think you just play this to stop people from, from doing stuff like that uh, in Commander. I don't think this sees any, like, legacy play or anything. No, no, no. I, I, although I have to say, um, I, I do like that this card exists because I, I'm not going to sit there and try to learn what every single you know card that my opponent gives me does i don't even know what my own cards do i i can't i don't have time to read those so yeah i'm, I'm gonna put this in all of my commander decks that way i have to read as few cards as possible i do not want this uh liliana's pact or whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, no thank you yeah so um we got our last one minute card review triskelevis seven mana artifact creature construct one one flying Enters the battlefield with three plus one plus one counters on it. Pay one, remove a plus one plus one counter from Triskelevis. Put a one one colorless Triskelevite artifact creature struggle and flying on the battlefield. It has sacrificed this creature. This creature deals one damage to target creature or player. A lot of text on this card. Um, basically, it makes you you can pay one and remove the counters from it to make one one flyers that can shoot themselves at at stuff to ping that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I believe this card sees a little bit of commander play in decks that can like add more counters to it. Uh, it's neat. Uh, it's one of those, it, it's all of the um, Trisket, uh, Trisket, one of those Trisket cards that makes more Triscuits, and then you can do stuff with the Triscuits. There's one that does stuff with Micaeus the Unhallowed, that's the good Trisket. This is one of the other Triscuits. How do you feel about this Trisket, Will? Yeah, yeah, so, like, those cards are thematically linked, but I don't think they play the same way. Um, you know, I, I think that this is linked to another card from uh, Mirrodin, Apintivus. It was kind of like an updated version of this that, well, I, however this was broken in the past, I think that card fixed and changed it from seven to uh, to five. Because Yeah, because it's only five. So um, I, I like this card because it's uh, I, it's very cool. It's it's almost like a uh, example of early top-down design, and it's skill testing. You know that like you know you really have to kind of think about the optimal way to play this card. So yeah, th this is an interesting card. Um, you know, probably doesn't really fit in any formats these days. Um, but you know, I'm sure it's a good cube card. Uh, I'm sure that you could uh, build a cube where this you know could um, is like the best card in a certain archetype, uh, and then you also have to be a really good player to win with this card. Um, so I yeah, yeah. I, I, this is it's a really interesting and cool design. Once you think about it from a top down perspective. Yeah, I agree. I, I I think this is an interesting card. Definitely more interesting than Throne of McKindy. Uh, we got a lot of rares this week. I'm not sure why that is, but um, I'm excited to do this segment. Make this segment a regular thing if you want. To. I, I have to say, uh, I have to say that was really exciting. I I, I got really into it. Um, and uh, yeah, especially with uh, those like weird older cards, we have a lot to say. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I totally want to do this again. Okay. Yeah. So um, with that in mind, you want to sew this one shut? Uh, yeah. Let's 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 button this one up. Why don't you uh, Why don't you take us out? 
All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of Gutshot. You can follow me at Fredass underscore B on Twitter or at WarCrimesUwu on Twitch. Will is at AgroRhetoric in both locations. And you can follow the show on Twitter at GutshotPod. That's right. This has been Gutshot, the only MTG podcast able to draw cards in white as we've harped on all this all this episode. And we will see you next time. Goodbye.